people. my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your people, Normal Dixie Lee Henning. Mm -hmm. I just had a stroke. And this (laughs) is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Smell like toast in here? Got it in one. Stop it. (laughs) Strokes are not funny. (laughs) Unless it's the band, The Strokes. Can you name a song of the Strokes? Um, probably um, Toast Stroking smell. Out. I don't know. What? I don't know. Toast Smell. Now I need to. Can you look up a song by the Strokes? Please? Hey, hey Siri, what are the greatest hits of the Strokes? This could go really. This could go real bad. <laughs> needs my thumbprint. Needs my I thumbprint. can't do that. You don't have the iTunes app installed. Ooh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Because iTunes sucks. Mark it down. Yeah, headed to Spotify. You know, I like Spotify for music, but um, the whole the whole ethos of Spotify podcasts. It's weird. I'm so against. It's it's the only thing on Spotify that you can speed up. And what if I want to listen to a Taylor Swift song at 3x speed? It's also... <laughs> I don't like this walled garden effect that Spotify is giving us where it's like, you can hear Joe Rogan or Michelle Obama only on Spotify. It's like I can also hear it on Pocket Cast, so. Well, not Michelle Obama. That's that's my point. That is what I don't but like I about Spotify. But I can hear Spotify. Joe Rogan on. Nope, not anymore. They bought what? his show. He's only on Spotify. Are you, that, what an idiot I mean, move. He, he sold his show for like millions of millions of dollars. Okay, but like, what a dumb move. I mean, it it must have made sense to him in the contract somehow. How is he? But uh, there's so many people that are so anti Spotify. Yeah. That are gonna not listen to him anymore. Or all those people are now not anti Spotify because he's only available on Spotify. This I think weird. that's the business move Spotify I made. I think it's weird. I don't like it. I think I don't like these like exclusive podcasts. Podcasting is an art. That belongs with normal people. Yeah. I, think. I legitimately hey. think like this. Hey, we do that. This style of like, I mean, so we still do an interview show, but we interview normal people. Yeah. And like the chat cast. What is that? This is something like uh, the show I host with my friends, Josh Llewellyn and oh. Emily Reddinghouse. Like Ravel. Like you have a specific topic that you're talking about. Find that anywhere you get podcasts. Also at RavelPod and Instagram and Twitter or another also on Spotify another it is on Spotify but we're everywhere else and that's the point or like the other show I co-host which is the whiskey bench at whiskey bench pod on Instagram and Twitter also find that wherever you get podcasts Super. including Spotify Do you want to play the song by the strokes please this just in updates the strokes have 7.4 million monthly listeners why and what's their top song can you play just like a teeny tiny bit of it well bleep it out it's it's reptilia no it's okay so this is another weird spotify ism it's like it's listed as number one popular but it's not the most numerous last night is their most okay play it we'll delete it from 
Here we go. We'll play this off mic for us. Please hold. Okay, this is an update. We're back. This just in. I hate the strokes. We're back. The Hennings are back. Uh, There's a reason that we couldn't name a single stroke song. It's because it's bad music. They suck so bad. It's it's subjectively bad music. Yep. That's how I want to say that. Subjectively. Obviously, 7.4 million people are into it. It's relative. It's like... Art is relative. You know, some people like country and, you know, we can't all... You know, be horrible, horrible people in like country. Hey, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. I hate Johnny Cash. I will fight you on both. I hate Johnny Cash. I will. I used to think I don't the way like Johnny Cash. You think, let me show you the way. No, I don't want to. Let me show you I the way. I hear Willie Nelson's voice and yeah. I want to stab myself in the eyes. Yeah, well, that wouldn't stop you from hearing No, it would, it would because I would die. <laughs> I would um, puncture my oh, brain. that's fair. Through my eye holes. That's fair. Yeah, that's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, drive a wooden stake through the zombie's <laughs> head to kill it. Also, I rather anyone. Walk, I would rather walk into oncoming traffic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Rub garlic on it. That's the weirdest one with the vampires, though. I'm pretty sure a stake yeah. through the heart of any creature will kill it. It, it, it literally is. And I'm, we're not the first comedians to make no. that joke. Uh, but the garlic one, the garlic, it's like. It's just the bad breath thing. You, is that it really? It? I don't know. Is that really it? I don't know. You think so? I feel like Italians are never vampires. Except in that one movie. Yeah. Maybe you... <laughs> is it just they because they eat a the, ton of garlic. You just don't get bitten by vampires if you eat a lot of garlic because you just have that weird glistening like that sweat whole thing about from the garlic. Pineapples? The, you know, the garlic sweats? Sure. It's like meat sweats. Yeah. When you eat too much meat. Yeah. You get, <laughs> you get it. garlic sweats. You get it. You yeah. get it. And then you smell like garlic. Yeah. You've had I that happen. Like You're garlic. Italian. You I have smell to know like garlic like. all the time because I'm Italian. It's in my blood, literally. This is the thing. This is this yes. is why no Italians are vampires. They're always from Transylvania. The Sylvanias are always way far away from <laughs> yeah Italy. Yeah, as we've exactly. Learned. As we as we know oh. from geo- geography. What do you think the Italian makeup of the state of Pennsylvania is? Ooh. Probably low. Real high. Because there's a lot uh, of vampires in the Sylvanias, right? So there's a lot of vampires. Where there are vampires, there are no Italians. (laughs) This is why they're so confused about the dead dead people voting. Yeah. Because it's vampires voting. They're living dead. There it is. That makes sense. I get it, Trump. I get it now. It's the vampires. (laughs) Wow. Not the Italians, the also, vampires. Also a good place to mention that one of your favorite movies is my least favorite movie, and it's called What We Do in the Shadows, I and I think it's the worst piece of- so much. Again, we wait, 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 wait. I will say, it's subjective. It's subjectively the worst piece of art I've ever seen. I love it so much. We watched it on Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, that was the choice that my father <sighs> made. I know, and it was so great. For it. I'm so glad that your father has found out who his favorite child is, and it's me. Uh, happy Surprise. Ha- oh, I mean, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> that's when we watched that's when, that movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're going to see him for Thanksgiving. Halloween. We should watch it again. Absolutely. I will go on a walk in 10 degree weather for four hours <laughs> rather than watch that. It's such a good movie. It felt, that movie felt like it okay. was five hours long. Let's list and it was all just the best vampire movies. Cringe. Wait, let me give you my list. It's over. <laughs> 
Interview with the Vampire. The list of best interview, movies is over. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, so good. Take, so, so, so good. Take, Van Helsing. Take the name of our Lord, Brad Pitt, it's out of Tom this. Tom Cruise. Okay? Okay. Brad Pitt is in it, I know, though. but Tom I know, Cruise. I know Did you I'm see Tom Cruise? Antonio Banderas. No, stop it. Oh, my God. Stop it. Yes, what are bite we even... me, please. Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> wow. So, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, interview with a vampire. Right. None of the Twilight movies. Okay. Zero of those. I'm into that. What um, do you think about Robert Hotel Transylvania. Batman. Oh, I'm for that. He's the Batman. He's the Batman. Yeah. I wonder if his suit is going to be glittery. I was literally about to make that joke, and now I, I know. I crushed it. This is like the two are becoming one. Yeah. And we've already done that. And I know this after five it's years like of marriage because we jelly. were about to make the same joke. We put it together. About glittering Batman vampires. Yeah. I didn't say Batman was a vampire. Oh my God, he's a bat. But the bat, though. Oh my God, it's just Edward Cullen in a Batman costume. I knew it. There it is. I freaking knew it. There it is. There's the intro, fam. Anyway. (laughs) On this episode of the podcast, we're introducing our friend Sarah Legacy. I'm so sorry, Sarah. You know what what it is, though, is is just thinking about Sarah gives us this energy because she always has this kind of energy. She's the best human in the world. She's Uh, the nicest, most generous, and thoughtful living being. Her home is beautiful. Her family is beautiful. The Mother Teresa. The the mother, the Teresa. one and only right. mother, not Teresa. just one of them, not the Sarah Legacy is literally the Mother Teresa incarnate. Well, uh, Mother Teresa was Mother Teresa incarnate. Shh. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is this fantastic interview. She's so great. Uh, this would be a good time to mention that this is our last interview of the year. Yeah, forty forty episodes later. What's up? We're done now. The, the podcast is over. No normal people of 2020 is coming to a close. Yep. We, Thank God. We do have some fun <laughs> things in store uh, for the last few weeks of the mm-hmm. year. We have contacted all our previous guests. <gasps> what? And we are getting them to send us little update, like voice memos. Um, Excuse me. I'm a past guest and I didn't get that update. Uh, We get uh, a whole recap episode to ourselves. That's fair. Babe. Never mind. Yeah. Scratch that. So we're good. But you like best you best that. believe yeah. <laughs> I got us covered there. So we have recap episodes coming up, hearing from the majority mm-hmm. of all our previous guests. Yeah, and if we don't hear from them, I'll probably still be Just able to like read an, read an email from them or something. I don't know. And uh, if they didn't get back to us, they're dead. <laughs> so recap episodes coming. Uh, this is our last interview. Also. Yep. If you want to join the party, party and come make Batman vampire jokes with us in a private Discord server. Also separately in your own homes because we, we don't spread COVID. Well, we all just hang out. Yeah. Patreon.com <laughs> slash no people pod is the place. That's us. The place to, come, to be on the internet. Find out what it would take for you to join our our team. One of us. Be a normal person with us. us. Normal. One above average. One of us. Thank you for this. <laughs> Speaking of one of us. <gasps> Me. As in normal oh. people who are definitely not normal people. Yep. And they're a delight to speak to. Delight. Sarah Legacy. Yeah, let's Here's get into it. The interview. My favorite. We are going to get started with rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Instagram or Twitter? Facebook. Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Rain or sun? Rain. 
tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? Oh, neither. <laughs> I just like to Midday. sleep. <laughs> Summer or winter? Uh, winter. iOS or Android? iOS. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Libraries or museums? Museums. Big party or small gathering? Big party. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Eben waffles. That's the correct answer. That is the correct answer. Yeah, Yeah, we get that. Sunrise or sunset? I think sunrise. I'm really proud of myself when I can see a sunrise. It means I got up early. (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's smart. Laundry or dishes? Laundry because I can watch TV while I do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Do you call it soda or pop? Pop. Hogwarts or the Shire? Hogwarts. (laughs) All the way. <laughs> that was so immediate. <laughs> I knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Disney or Pixar? Pixar. Passenger or driver? Passenger. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Books or movies? I want to say books because I respect that more, but it's movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Definitely movies. movies. Yeah. Introvert or extrovert? I'm an extrovert. Phone calls or texts? Oh, always texts. <laughs> there you go. Same. You did it. That was the icebreaker. We did it. All the stressful stuff is over. Now some more open-ended icebreakers. No okay. need to answer really fast. Unless you want to. Okay, got it. And we're going to start with a series of favorites, starting with favorite candy. Oh my gosh, my favorite candy, always anything chocolate. Probably, I like Milky Way. Ooh, Milky Way's yeah. good. There it That's is. Good. What's your favorite snack? <laughs> also chocolate, um, specifically Ghirardelli <laughs> 60% dark chocolate chips. There's a mason jar in my pantry full of them at all times. <laughs> and it's for it's, safety. Uh, actually, yeah, when you asked me if I'd be on the podcast, I was so excited like that's yeah. the first place that I go is the pantry. For I remember. Chips. I remember that <laughs> yes. on, on awesome. the Marco oh on the Marco Polo. You were like, "I'm gonna go inside and just wolf down some chocolate chips because that's <laughs> what I do when I'm excited." <laughs> I was so pumped about it. It's also what I do when I'm just stressed. I get off a phone call and I need dark chocolate it's chips. It's the food. Yeah. It's yeah, the, the it's, chocolate that it's, it's a problem. Helps. I've talked with my. It's not a problem. That, Fair enough. It's not a problem there you go. at all. But it's my favorite. <laughs> what is your favorite morning drink? Coffee. Coffee. Specifically, uh, Ethiopia, RD, anytime. That's that's my favorite. I'm blessed to have a husband who is so good at coffee and mm-hmm. keeps me well supplied. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite novel, if you can pick just one? Yeah. Um, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card oh, wow. is my favorite novel. Love it. I love it. Favorite smell? <laughs> Tim. Tim is my favorite smell. <laughs> you know how people have a favorite smell? Yeah, totally. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, he has a great smell. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> great. What's your favorite streaming show? Favorite as in we'd watch it over and over again or... Yeah, like, I like that rewatchability quality. Rewatchability? Yeah. Well, not to be vanilla, but The Office is just timeless <laughs> and fantastic. Yeah, but absolutely. Fact. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Tillamook makes this ice cream flavor called Chocolate Mudslide. Mm. It's chocolate ice cream with chocolate ribbons with chocolate pieces in it. I... And then, yes, I put chocolate chips on it. Like I was literally I like about to ask. Yeah. You add your own do, favorite chocolate chips. What are foods you will never eat? Okay. So, well, growing up, you know, like in your family, there's the food that everyone loves except for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, sorry, Sarah, just tough luck. Um, for right. me, it was hamburger pie. My family loves okay. this. It's like a layer of canned yeah. green beans and tomato sauce with mashed potatoes and you bake the whole thing. 
uh, I don't know what it is. I just it's like a weird just take a on nauseous. like a shepherd's pie or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that I the tomato I sauce is what throws me there. Can't do that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a big uh, shellfish person either. I'm oh, there you go. Like shrimp, where you can see the legs. Like it's a little bit too uh, close to mm. no, its original live mm. form for me. I need it to be much farther <laughs> removed. Right. So. When, it's when you to have grill to disassemble the body. <laughs> To Ex- eat, thank you. Yeah. To eat it, it's like mm, um, lobster we- and crab are way too much work. <laughs> oh man! For I swear, the little it- amount of meat you get, it's <sighs> ridiculous. Yeah. No, we had hot pot in Hong Kong, and I remember sitting at the table, and they brought out this platter of all these things that we were able to spear and put into the the broth, and I'm like, what a fun experience! This is fantastic. <laughs> this one's still moving. <laughs> Legit. They had huge prawns. I will never forget. Like seeing them just slow motion twitching, Yowzers. like, oh. and we're Yowzers. gonna put this in this communal soup. Yikes! Ah, I yeah, okay. I was freaked out. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give that to you. Yep. Can we also all also just be honest about we eat crab just for the butter for the excuse to eat, have butter? <laughs> yeah, butter's my favorite <laughs> so, food. So moving on, on the other side of that, what's your absolute favorite meal? I love salmon. I eat salmon any chance, anywhere. How do you prepare it? How do you season it? So if I'm making it at home, I actually, I sous vide it and then sear it off with, and I like just something really simple like butter and garlic Mm -hmm. is my favorite. Mm, There you go. Squeeze a lemon at the end. Yep. Squeeze a lemon. Oh yeah. There it is. It's great. Who would you say is the smartest person you know? Honestly, my brother is a genius. He's a (laughs) computer programmer, he's a developer. Mm -hmm. And to hear him talk about his craft is inspiring in and of itself. But man, his mind is, he's four years younger than me, but he, to hear him share his opinions on anything, I'm always just, I come away just inspired. Even if I don't agree with him, I, I really respect the way he comes to his conclusions and he's very articulate. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I love to hear him talk about mm. anything. <laughs> I love that. Do you have a secret talent? I do. I, Tim and I joke about this all the time. You know when you're making food and then you have leftovers uh, and you have to put them in a container, but mm-hmm. inevitably you're like staring at this pot and then you're staring at the empty container and you're like, is it going to fit? Yeah. I don't know if I just get super lucky, but I'm really good at it. You really get eyeballing <laughs> like, the volume. Yeah. We That's call so it um, spatial so awareness. That's my, That's, my yeah. secret talent. I, like, uh, same goes for... Um, hanging pictures on the walls or yeah. making is that centered in the room I, I don't know it comes naturally yeah, just real good yeah that. that's just how your brain sees it yeah I like that a lot that's good what was your first job first job as in something I had an obligation to and I was paid a salary I was seven um Whoa. it was yeah it salaried was, seven year old <laughs> right I was paid 10% and I, I remember, I, well, what I did was I ran this candy box at my dad's office. Yeah. Ah. I had this tiny little pink going to grandma's suitcase that I filled with candy, like grandma's cookies and Snickers bars, just the Costco hall of candy. Mm-hmm. And I would stock their break room candy box. It was a box that my dad had built in his garage. And I had the little key and the little like pencil case full of money. Oh my and I would walk through the office and I'd collect the money. And that was so, you know, I was homeschooled. And that was something my parents were like, what an awesome way for you to learn stuff about business and keeping a ledger. I had to count it all and yeah. do some added, the simple addition subtraction. That's good. And then figure out 10%. So I, and I wanted to be paid in dimes. I thought dimes were the coolest coins. Oh my God. So 
my first job was candy box and why well do you remember why yeah i I loved colonial culture and i thought dimes looked like shillings (laughs) oh my god that's fair i just wanted a jar full of dimes and i got it wow that was was my first job Um, all right yeah very nice that was very good Mm, what's the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in oh melanta i've been thinking about this one and to twist it a little bit, maybe not the worst fashion trend that I participated in, but maybe that I tried to participate in. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. That's good even di- better. Good distinction. I, uh, so I grew up, we had really, you know, conservative standards and these are, the, we had a dress code as a family of like, you know, we're, you can't wear shorts that are lower than, or that are shorter than your fingertips. But I really wanted to wear short shorts, especially when we moved. And Caitlin across the street was the prettiest girl in the whole world. Mm. And she wore short shorts. And I was 10 and I needed short shorts. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't wear them. Um, so <laughs> clever 10-year-old Sarah came up with the idea to wear really baggy t-shirts. So they would only show about an inch of my cargo shorts that Smart. I was allowed to wear. So thus, and that was what I wore. Like I thought I was okay. so creative. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at pictures from myself. And Gives I'm just you an like, illusion of short shorts. You're like, still was, in gym no. shorts. Like, look, I'm in. Check yeah. this out. I did it. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. I would have rolled the shorts up. <laughs> there you go. When I left the house. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Now they're short. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. You know those to-go coffee mugs that are, or not necessarily coffee, but you can put hot liquids in them. They're mm-hmm. double wall insulated, vacuum sealed. Yes. Um, yep. I hate washing them. I, I don't know what it is. We have one from Black Dot that's dishwasher safe and yeah. I love it. Yeah. But my pet that peeve is, is when safe. you are yeah. doing the dish dishes and, and we have a lot of these mugs and of course they all have sentimental value so we can't get rid of them, but they're all just like full in our in the side of our sink and i kind of like i legit will cover it with a cutting board because i don't want to look at it i just don't want to get the special little brush and scrub them out right oh i've done research on why the heck you have to hand wash them and and well, it makes sense it and tracks, it makes but sense it's like, but uh, it's a pet they at the same sure. time just make them dishwasher like safe i like that <laughs> especially yeah. especially when the mouth is is skinny enough that you can't actually get your like if it's a wide mouth mug right and you can just like uh-huh get a sponge 100%. down in there with like a full hand that's good mm-hmm. but yeah it's the, the special need the special brush yeah i get that mm. i get that a lot anything that needs a special brush i'm typically against. thank you Dude. yes <laughs> like yeah, if like, you can't like, use my brush yeah um, no. or like <laughs> metal straws are cool but then you get that little thing that you have to like stick in there and like mm-hmm. twirl out all the time it's rough it's yeah too much work. there it is <laughs> dishes man do you have a historical hero I remember watching Selma in theaters mm. and oh. being moved to tears. Um, wow. I think Martin Luther King Jr. is probably wow. my historical hero. Beautiful. He's incredible. What's the best live concert you've ever been to? <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I it's on my bucket list. I, I haven't actually been to a real live concert before. So Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I, I mean, I've been to concerts in like churches. Um, yeah, but I don't feel like that counts. So it's different. Yeah, I've not, I've not it's been different. to. A, I've yet to have. It's a not favorite. like a nationally recognized band that no. you're into, and you've gone to the show, and they have lights and all that. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna have to fix that post COVID. Okay, for then. sure. <laughs> I love that. We will definitely that. do that. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? 
Actually, when I was little, I wrote a short story about this. I had this idea that it would be so cool if you were able to reach out your index finger to somebody else and they reached out their index finger and you did this little like Captain Hook interlocking okay. twist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I had the ability to feel exactly what they were feeling. Like whether that was like in their head, like oh my emotions, gosh. physical feeling. When when did you write this? Um, I was in the old house, so I was younger than 10, but yeah, I, I thought that would be so cool. So of course you didn't know you were an Enneagram 2 at I the time. I didn't know I was an Enneagram 2, oh but gosh. right? <laughs> yeah. You were, you were at that time. That but it's, it's amazing too now being a parent and thinking about that of like, oh Whoa. my gosh, if I could do this with someone, it, because that would cross language barriers yeah. mm-hmm, to be able to know what's wrong. So good. That'd be really cool. So good. That is very cool. I love that a lot. What would you consider to be your proudest accomplishment? Hmm. I think it was in, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I think it was 2016. Yeah, we've been married for a year. I memorized the book of James. And what? that Whoa. was, I'm really proud of that. It was really hard. It took me, it took me a year. And I worked with my aunt, actually, who's developed the coolest memory system. Mm-hmm. Kind of a combination of things that they did in ancient Greece, mm. but also like a like mind palace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she kind of gave me the tools and I, yeah, so it's, it's been a couple years and though it's still shaky, but I have a lot of it still. And that's been, that's really, yeah, neat. I'm really proud of that. That's really neat. That's very cool. I used a mind palace technique for the first time to memorize my speech when I was my brother's best man at his wedding. Oh, Stephen, that's awesome. So, so literally I memorized the speech based on at the apartment we were living in at the time. I memorized the speech based on the typical steps I would take through my yes. morning routine. So like a particular part of the speech was me like walking into the bathroom, like splashing water, brushing my teeth. Another part of the speech was like me getting dressed for the gym, going down the stairs. Like it was wildly effective. It's incredible the way our brains work when mm-hmm. you can tap yeah. into those natural systems. So when I was up there with so the mic, cool. it was just like I was just imagining literally like an everyday occurrence and because i had attached those lines to the speech to those yes. things it was so cool oh steven that's awesome it was so cool yeah yeah she used the combination of the mind palace yeah mm-hmm. so for me the book of james is all my parents house and the ymca <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, there it is but then for the review process i don't know if you've heard of the the acronym method where mm-hmm. you just take the first letter of every word mm-hmm. and so it looks like gibberish but you would either practice writing out each first letter of every right. word Whoa. for review Whoa. or like i have the notes app on my phone where i have just the entire book of james in acronym form and it's Whoa. so cool to be able to just marvel at how our brains are designed that they can yeah. recall information effortlessly when it's stored properly yeah um, yeah so i have yet to put it to a song that's another level but <laughs> that's so cool that's very good yeah that's how I memorized the states, actually. Oh, like, I went through, cool. like, this is how many states have the letter A. This is how many have the letter C. This is how many have the letter M and N, which is the same number. But that's how I that's how I remember. Wow. That, and you can do that backwards, too, right? Oh, God, no. Oh, I thought I remember you doing it backwards. No, okay. God. Only I mean, in one I direction. Should, I could I'm probably still do that. I could probably. I bet you Text could. Me I, can't, I can't do the alphabet <laughs> backwards sober. <laughs> We put it in an order so we can remember it, okay? Moving on. (laughs) Sarah, who would you call your best friend? Best friend is a hard word. 
if I think about the people in my life that I feel most like myself around, I feel most just at peace and free to be open. Probably Olivia Brown. She's I've known her since I was four. Mm-hmm. Um, we are total opposites, but I could we we have talked for hours. Um, and yeah, I just feel she'll tell me like it is, and uh, I've lo- our stages of life have been very much in tandem as we've yeah. right been in school or gotten married and now she's expecting her first kid and mm. we live in the same neighborhood um that's so, so cool. and then probably my other best friend is my sister-in-law actually she's uh bailey nitschke is such a special heart um mm-hmm. i haven't known her as long but in terms of those people that i just feel totally seen and loved she knows where every dish in my kitchen goes because she's just <laughs> the kind of person who walks in and just sees needs and meets them and oh that's so, that's so cool. i see her almost every day she lives in our neighborhood too so wow my best friends are my neighbors <laughs> that's i like that <laughs> that's a lot awesome. that's very good okay finally for the icebreakers here when you were little what did you want to be when you grew up okay oh again i uh, homeschooling was the best i feel like the way that we were able to perfectly, and that, you know, this is, I have my mom to thank for this. She empowered us to choose what we were interested in learning about. And so if right. we showed any interest in a topic, she was just like, absolutely. We're creating a unit study about this. We're making oh, costumes. So we're cool. eating the food. We're putting on plays. We're watching movies. It was so fun. And I remember when we were learning about ancient Babylon and there was this magic ancient language called cuneiform mm-hmm. um, and it looks like little chicken feet scratch yeah, um, yeah. they're thick clay tablets that they found yeah. that was it's essentially it's the first written language mm-hmm. that they've been able to discover uh, archaeologists and i don't know if this was accurate or not but in my mind I, the way i remember it i heard that there were 10 people in the whole world who had the ability to translate this and i was like I shall be the 11th. Like, this is this is happening. I am going to... And I had this whole... It made sense That's in my mind. Good. I was going to live in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And that way, all my kids would speak French and German and English. Because that's you can still what happens that. when you're in Switzerland. Yeah, But I, in my mind, you had to be in Switzerland. Definitely have to <laughs> and I was going to be a yeah. remote uh, cuneiform translator. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. Oh, and man. Didn't happen. I, I, that is... That's not my job. We would have that been is very best good. friends that when is, we were little. I'm that is, not even kidding. Yeah? That sounds exactly like something little Dixie would have been like, yes. That sounds I will so be number 12. It's, Let's do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. We we'll actually, we were, uh, man, Tim and I, like I said, we got to go to Europe for our first anniversary. And I love museums. And we were in London. And we went to, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the name of the museum. It's the huge, beautiful building with the crazy architecture. You know, mm. like that museum. That one. Yeah, you, know that, you know that one. That one building in London. <laughs> yeah. You know that yeah. one. You know that super old building in London. Yeah. yeah Wait. Uh huh. That one. <laughs> With the very neat architecture. But we we hadn't timed it right, and we had oh my gosh, I think we only had an hour to spend in in that museum before we had to leave for our train ride, and I I didn't realize what an incredibly significant museum this was. Obviously, to the point where I can't remember the name, but, you know, Mm. and I remember being in tears um, as I rushed past 
this space that had cuneiform tablets that I'd never seen one in person. And I was that tourist kneeling in front of a glass case of pottery crying because we had to leave so soon. And I'd just seen my first cuneiform tablet. Like it was. Oh, my gosh. Tim promised me we would go back. So we will one day. But that was. It was really special to see it in person. Spend a week in the museum. Right. I just feel for the people walking past me like, I mean, it's what? What's going on? Like this, it's old. It's old mud with drawings. Chicken scratch. <laughs> there's like a cottage, country cottage store down the street, with, right? With pottery. Yeah. yeah. If you want to cry in front of that. Oh man, this is this is very good. Sarah Legacy, thank you so much for doing this. You are our last interview of the year, mm-hmm. and when we when we started the podcast, something in my mind was always, I don't. I'm trying not to double up last names in any given year just to give some diversity to the to the podcast. But you were the obvious exception we had to make. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so honored by that. Thanks, Stephen. Once we started playing D&D together and visiting your house on a weekly basis to do so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're oh, definitely going to get into where you grew up, how you grew up and what your family was like. But first, we've had your husband on the show. This was Tim Legacy. We've also had your sister on the show, Tracy Nitschke. What is it like to be talked about on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I I think it's a very intimate and special relation or experience. It kind of feels like when you stumble across someone's journal that they didn't mean you to see and it's mentioning you and you just feel it's like confirmation that you mean something to them. Mm, And that's so special. It's interesting. You know, when you've, you hear someone tell a story that you've heard a thousand times, right. but they're telling it to a new audience. It's always different. Yeah. I just, I live for that. I love that so much. And <laughs> like when Tim came to be a part of our family, I heard so many new stories that my parents had never told us because they just assumed we knew. Or, yeah. Yeah. And because he's wonderful. introducing a new dynamic to the group. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ooh. So it kind of feels like that. That's, um, that's It was really good. special. So thank you for having my husband and my sister on <laughs> oh, the absolutely. podcast. <laughs> you know, like it's- like the goat in your- the, Sorry? the goat that your family had like you only found that out after like Michaela asked about animals and stuff you had a goat? added Michaela to the family See, here's the thing though he, I, he, he everyone remember. in my family has a memory of meeting the goat and apparently I lived on the same property as the goat for a year <laughs> and I have absolutely no memory of the creature uh, I like to again, just bring the goat up just because, yeah no you know <laughs> that's amazing so that's that's wild um what a weird segue but now Sorry. i'm ready to talk about sarah's life okay sarah um will you tell us about how you grew up and where you grew up and what your family was like growing up i was born in san diego and moved to billings montana on my first birthday my mom remembers um me sitting in a playpen with a pink bow on my head in the driveway as they put boxes in and she was just a wreck very sweet wow but we i grew up the oldest of three and i had the and i fit every oldest child stereotype um (laughs) i had the extreme (laughs) honor and pleasure of being the kind of the overlord of our (laughs) little um friend coterie going on there it was wonderful (laughs) I, i had so much fun with the my childhood is something i look back on with uh, pride, honestly, is kind of a word that comes to mind as mm. I think through 
the experiences we got to have, the freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in 92. And so it was like right before computers and cell phones and yeah. all that, but <laughs> not so far removed from them to still be, be able to function with technology. You yeah. know? But my childhood was teeming with imagination and amazing siblings who did anything I told them to and the the <laughs> things the, I came up that's with the power of the oldest sibling oh, can get drunk on it, it abs- <laughs> and I did I, I did it was yeah I, I have absolutely some moments I wish that I could take back and change the way I was as just a terrible older <laughs> sister but also just so special into elementary school as we invented our own versions of tag and we would wow. um we had the most incredible dress up collection and would create plays and games. And mm-hmm. we filmed, uh, we had a TV series called American Kids with some friends of ours that we had the coolest episodes. I would give my left arm for that footage today, but I, uh, <laughs> it is lost, unfortunately. Right. But to watch the way that we were allowed to just run ramped, I, I created this game called Dogs that I thought was the coolest thing. I was very type A. And I had a clipboard and I created this absurd way of walking as a dog. And then I had all our neighborhood friends pick like what kind of dog they were going to be and what mm-hmm. their name was and what color their collar was, because that was important. And that is important. I had my clipboard and yeah. I had each one of them walk and I would give them points based off of whether or not their fingernails were tucked it's in. Like dog or show. It was a dog show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we would play this for hours. What? Or Playmobil. I don't know if you guys ever mm-hmm. played with Playmobil. We didn't discover Playmobil till I was late middle school, I think. But it is it's a German toy that is kind of like Lego meets dollhouse. Okay. So any the breadth of the worlds that Playmobil has created is it's amazing. They have so many details. Right. Whether it's Magic Kingdom or pirates or uh, cities or historical spaces and everything from a head of garlic to a huge dragon like that they have sculpted in in wow plastic wow Wow. and we my sister had the zoo and we had we would take my dad's ping pong table and all our friends would come over and we would build pet shops basically and then we had monopoly money and we'd spend all day buying each we'd like randomly draw animals out of a sack and then build our own empires and oh it was just it was so fun i think probably the pinnacle of that imagination era was when I was in high school and my friend Micah Rose um, Lynch at the time she lived by this thicket up in Mm -hmm. the heights around Alkali Creek and I remember that we took shovels and buckets and we went out into the thicket and we carved a literal town with signs and my gosh it it was magical and then we got all our friends together um, this was the first thing I ever graphic designed, actually, was um, the invitation to this event. And Whoa. we I signed everyone, again, the type A bit, but I took the whole group of probably, <laughs> there were 20 or so of my friends yeah. that I assigned into families that were make-believe. And I s- mailed out everyone, everyone's fake names so we could memorize them before the day. And we went down to the thicket for... I think, what did I name it? Something ridiculous like Operation Imagination or something like that. <laughs> and for the whole day, we had fake money. We had a fake town, fake families. And we were all dressed up like pioneer colonial era. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Micah's mom came down to the thicket that day and Whoa. took black and white pictures of us. Oh, my And gosh. it was 
I'd arrived. I I couldn't sleep that night. I was so excited. It was the best day. It's so the fun. pinnacle of your life. So much fun. Like, that, yes, I've that done is it. So good. It was so cool. My goodness. Okay, so the oldest of three. Obviously, we've heard some of Tracy's story and uh, some from her angle. Your parents are like career engineers. Is that right? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I'm sure contributed to the way your house. <laughs> Very much the way so. your house ran like engineering is a lot more imagination than it is just the numbers yeah right absolutely so my mom was the best fort builder yeah she was oh yeah of course she was <laughs> of course she was we oh, knew it was going to be epic if mom pulled out the clothespins you <laughs> <laughs> make the, the science experiments yes uh, were you homeschooled k through 12 i was yep. wow okay never an experience of public school for Mm-mm. you nope would you change that if you could for me, homeschooling was perfect. Uh, I don't think homeschooling is for every family or every yeah. person. And I really respect the families that make those decisions based on the child. Yeah. Rather than. Well, yeah, I think that's that's what's most important um, that's for me, though. I I thrived in an environment where I had complete autonomy and um, yeah. I, I respond really well to given the free. Here's a goal and you get to create the structure to read that goal. Right. The first time I remember that happening was when I started my my first ever like official textbook science textbook i was i think sixth grade seventh grade and i remember it's one of those memories it's out of body where you are like looking at yourself as yeah. in, in memory form yeah and i remember sitting in my desk like my purple fuzzy pencil case and all that <laughs> and my mom handing me this huge heavy textbook and a blank calendar and she's like this is today this is the end of the school year this is your textbook. There are 16 modules. Let me know what you need for experiments, but it's your job to figure out how to finish this by then. And I, oh my God, it was one of those experiences where I felt this balance of she trusts me yeah. and overwhelmed, but well, so like I will rise to syllabus this. For well, it. no. So the, the curriculum, it was a, it was a homeschool curriculum. Right. So there was already, there was some structure to it, okay. but in terms of being responsible to get it, to get it done and mm-hmm. to say, oh, it's a test today, mom. Can you proctor this for me? And like, it was just, oh my God. My mom yeah. did the same thing. I had a point in my, uh, my homeschool math career where she was like, we just need to finish this book by the end of the year, however you want to do it. And I think within like the first few months, I had completely finished the book. Like math was my That's thing. awesome. So I just like blasted through every worksheet Dang. and yeah, <laughs> it was, that, that is a wild feeling like being being trusted with that. And also I think what that encourages is like you're, we're actually learning how to think. Mm-hmm. And cause it, it was definitely a contrast for me showing up in public school, my ninth grade year and being like, okay, so like you can, you can sense that difference between do they actually want me to think or do they just want me to give them the assignment they want? Mm. You know, absolutely. I literally I cannot comprehend this at all. Like right. I literally Public don't, your whole life. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand the phenomenon it def- of yeah. literally letting a child teach themselves. <laughs> um no. I, I would have been well, and, and to I that was a slacker end. in public school and I would have been like oh, Dixie. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair to the to the homeschooling experience, every family figures out a different way to do it. Um, oh, yeah, but absolutely. it wasn't like my mom tossing books at us Dude. while she goes and gets her nails done. Like, right. She's yeah. not that kind of person. The way we had it structured was math and science was our they were very structured curriculums right. that 
gave us clear marks of you must reach this point, like you either pass it or you fail it. But any other subject that we were in as kids, we we did a lot of unit studies. So essentially, say we were learning about ancient Egypt, Mm -hmm. but then so we would have our math and science that was not related to Egypt, but every other subject had right. something to do with Egypt. And mm. my mom, oh my gosh, the way that she would read to us, I have such vivid special memories of waking up to the smell of banana bread and coming down in front of the, the fireplace and sitting with my siblings and she's reading us The Golden Goblet or Adam of the Road or mm. any of these just these timeless tales that just painted the picture of this world and we were just engrossed in it. And right. we had worksheets and writing assignments that were all focused yeah. on that. And she was always there if we had any questions or just to keep us on track. Right. But I think she she rode that line very well of autonomy versus being overly engaged. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. Right. We have a friend that we used to go to church with and I'm literally blanking on her actual name, but I know her Instagram handle. Um Owen's wife. Yurko. Nicole. Nicole. So Nicole Yurko, she has a an Instagram page called Homegrown and Grounded and she homeschools her two sons. And her oldest kid is only like three or four, I think. But so they do like places, like places themes. So like for a whole week, they'll be in a specific place learning about like a specific culture. Are they and actually like, in that place? No, no, no. Oh. Like, but they make all the food that they make in that cool. place. They have books that are literally based or written by people from specific places and like it is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's pretty neat. Um, when learning can be fun and a child falls in love with that feeling of uncovering something new, I think mm-hmm. that you've done your job. Yeah. Like that will serve you well into the rest of your life. And that's right. what Tim and I hope to get to give for our son mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. You intend to homeschool your own family? I would love to. Again, back to what I said in the beginning of I really do believe schooling needs to be appropriate for what kind of child you oh, have. So yeah. if it's so, right. If it's right son. for our son, August, then, mm. oh, I can't wait. I would love to homeschool him. <laughs> um, so trying to just right now learn how to be students of him yeah, in the absolutely. best way we can. Oh, that's a good, that's a good attitude to be a parent He's with. Such students a cute baby. Your... I'm just thinking like about August now and I just want to go snuggle him. It's know, fine. Right? It's fine. Everything's uh, fine. <laughs> as you got older, like through high school age, did you like the co-op model for school? Yeah, I did. I... I was involved in one large co-op, Sage Co-op, mm-hmm. um, up at Harvest Church. And yeah, we were one of the founding families there, actually. And it was, yeah, it was it was fine. High school's hard. High school's yeah. just... <laughs> but the co-op the, does emulate more of like that classroom setting. You yeah. get the experience of sitting in a desk next to someone or at least at a table and you, next to someone. And you get the social experiences of all the drama and oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But so it's that once a was, week instead of every day. Exactly, it's once a week. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. I think it was, um, especially at the high school level, co-ops are the way to go. Um, yeah. yeah. That way, I mean, we didn't have to buy a microscope or we, yeah. Uh, yeah. things like speech and debate. Like, how do you do that in your own home by yourself? Like, I think that there's- Unless it's like a 12th grader against a 7th a, grader. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> then it's That's hard. easy. Yeah, and I learned <laughs> so much from being exposed to other teaching styles, um, mm-hmm. getting to, to learn from, oh my gosh, Gwen Seeler was my literature or my writing teacher and she was phenomenal i i still have a major crush on her she's amazing but, <laughs> this is very uh, good. yeah she she taught me so much about writing yeah um, every time i overuse a comma i picture her in my mind like oh she, she's like now sarah is that really necessary <laughs> right 
<laughs> so that was good about the co-op model. Yeah. Tell me about where you learned and why you continue to practice sign language. Oh, yeah. When we were, I want to, I feel like I was third, third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Yeah. There was a club that was starting up taught by Juanita Bonner. Where she's so good. She's amazing. She's so great. She's a sign language interpreter yeah. here in Billings. Yeah. And she taught a class to a bunch of kidlets uh, about sign language. And we learned everything from how to say our names to how to, I remember we did a, a deaf game show where we had to answer questions as in sign language. Every oh, class so cool. ended with a mystery treat where mm-hmm. every student would take a turn bringing a mystery snack to share with everybody in a bag and they'd stand in front of everyone and we'd have to guess what it was in sign language. And then when we guessed what it was, uh, then we got to eat it. But yeah, it was, she was incredibly creative and yeah so we learned sign language as a family but it was very much pigeon sign language Mm -hmm. when i got to i was 15 and we went to the philippines as a family because my mom was involved with this ministry called idea Mm -hmm. uh, an acronym that stands for international deaf education association founded by dennis drake who's actually a billings native um ghost faith chapel really amazing ministry in the philippines that works with marginalized communities and helping to re-educate the philippine culture Mm -hmm. specifically on the island of bohol like that people who are deaf aren't stupid that they're not possessed by a creature uh that they have purpose Mm -hmm. and in the last i i think i want to say the ministry's 20 years 30 years don't quote me on that but it is a miracle to see how children who used to be chained to trees have been given a language, given a vocation, mm. and now are the breadwinners of their families. Like, Whoa. how is that? Wow. How is that? Ha- so when I was 15, we got the chance to go and tour the schools where they go and find these kids on, on mopeds out in the middle of the jungle, and they bring them back to these really awesome schools. Wow. Wow. They give people language. And so we used a lot of sign language, sign language on that trip, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I would say the the peak of my education, though, was at MSUB when my mom found out you could take college classes for stupid cheap as high school students. <laughs> so she's like, yeah. look, you should take sign language and you'll get and they're upper division classes and they're super cheap and you can do it. <laughs> and, All these credits. <laughs> so I did it with a couple of friends of mine and we went to, we took a class at MSUB two years of sign language and wow. it was awesome. Wow. So cool. And you you use it in your home. I've seen you and Tim yeah. <laughs> like when we're yeah. sitting around the For table. Real. All the time. He understands so much more than he says he does. It's but it's a uh, I love it. It's uh I think it's an unobtrusive it's still distracting and so I'm trying to figure out well yeah, there's that. But it's still I, I love that we were able to talk about things like, hey, can you pass the salt or would you mind turning the music down? This is a little loud when we're it, I don't want to interrupt conversation or what's right. going on. So mm-hmm. especially when wow. we're hosting an event, it's wow. great. Or our favorite is, you know, you're at that event and you're like, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> and you just use sign language. <laughs> and signal from across like, the room. Or to talk through car windows or from great distances. Right. Um, and August is picking it up great. 
Mm. It's he's kind of like that little dog that you're teaching tricks to and he knows all the tricks and he just wants the treat and so you're holding the treat and the dog is just going through all their tricks to try and get it. Yeah. We had we had our, our group dinner last month and August kept signing more and I was like, This is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, he's just going through all the signs he knows and it's like I don't I don't think he's like which quite one is gonna get me the cheese. Yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. So good. Okay, so you already mentioned college a little bit. MSUB starting to do some connection classes. After officially graduating high school, where did you go to college and what did you study? I went to Rocky Mountain College Ooh. here in Billings and I studied communication communication studies. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew I really liked school mm-hmm. and I really wanted to go at the halls of learning. Was I that high school student <laughs> that Google searched like which college campuses were the prettiest? Yes, yeah. I was. Absolutely. <laughs> you picked I a very yeah. big one. You're, you're in a very, you're a very aesthetic person. I'm a very aesthetic person. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I really, I wanted to go to uh, Concordia mm. or Whitworth. Those are my dreams, but it came down to money and I'm like, I don't want to be in debt. So I, I can ride my bike to Rocky. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> there you go. So I, you go. I, but it was a compromise too because I, I, MSUB didn't speak to the same aesthetic that no, Rocky did. Definitely, yeah. State so, school versus private school. There's a lot there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Um, I remember spinning that huge. Sorry. Plus, for a person who likes like old architecture and really cool yeah. stuff, like the fact Rocky that Rocky is older choice. than the state of Montana, yeah, <laughs> probably sold you pretty well. Oh, hundred percent. I got to be a one of those tour guides that walks backwards. Yeah, that was like oh, my favorite. Of course you were. I loved it. Of course oh, you yeah. were. Yeah, it was, it was great. Still, we were in choir together. We were in for choir like together. That's how minutes. we met. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, so I studied <laughs> communications at Rocky. I li- oh gosh, I wish. It's so hard to ask high school students to make a decision like that about what yeah. you're majoring when your brain still cells are still developing. For um, real. Right, yeah. It's funny to look back on my college experience and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I went. I'm glad I have a degree. But the legitimately, the only class that I use the material from on a daily basis is my calligraphy class, um, <laughs> which was phenomenal. Shout out to Mark Moak, who's mm-hmm. the most fantastic yes. professor. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I... It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. I love public speaking and interpersonal communication. And when I yeah. saw the list of classes under communications major, I was like, done. That's what I'm doing. This one. <laughs> Want that. And I figured it was pretty versatile. It had yeah. the longest list of possible jobs after it. So I'm like, well, I, I guess that's this a, anywhere. Yeah. Right. Be a little vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had waited to go to college because I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we uh, both went to college for two years, two years yeah, and we have not gone back since. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering what that's going to be. I feel like more, like neither Tim or I use our degrees mm-hmm. in our jobs, and we're very happy. And not yeah. to say that our our degrees are useless or that we that, right. that experience wasn't worth yeah. it, but I'm yeah. really excited to see how the whole social attitude towards college changes, especially as the price of it continues to rise so yes. high and. Well, it kind of goes back to the philosophy of education we were just talking about. Like, do do they want you to turn in the paper they they expect to see, or are they teaching you how to learn? Yes, and think for yeah. yourself. Yeah, and, which and, and, arguably does not happen at yeah. very many schools in the industry that I particularly want to be a part of. Like, they don't even look at your school. Like, if you have a degree, 
or anything. They just want to see your art. They just want to see experience. Okay, you can draw a dog. Cool. 100%. (laughs) Like, that's all they want to see. They they don't care where you go. want to see. Yeah. I do think that there's something about when you see a a job application that has a college degree on it, Mm -hmm. it says something to your tenacity and your ability to push through and finish something. Yeah. But does it, does that equal the weight of the effort and the price, especially if you're saddled with student debt I mean, there's so many people that have gone to art school that just are you know like all right there's way more people that haven't that are like mm-hmm. top of their industry huge mm-hmm. names like yeah. huge names self-taught been drawing Animators, since they were five concept artists like, yeah, yeah. Right. like they didn't go to school for it and they are even better than the people that went to college for it yeah so yeah that's yeah well that's said. my whole it's pretty wild thing thank you for listening to no normal people this week If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook.com, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one- or two-sentence review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnowPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W PeoplePod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, KnowNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. Welcome to the part of the show where I tell you to give me money, but not really. This is the part of the show where we say the thank other, you for giving yeah, us money. It's the other side yeah, of things. Yeah, it's the yeah. other thing. And we have another thank you This is today. where we shout out our our dear patrons. Our dear patrons and also friends. Our great friends. Yeah, that's actually, if you give us money, we'll be your friends. <laughs> it's kind of how some of it reads, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe we should fix that in some <laughs> of that language. We should fix that. Anyway. Well, let's be clear. You will, We're friends no matter what. Yeah. So our friends that we're introducing to our Patreon support system this week are none other than Sam and Shayla Fife. Woohoo! There Sam it is. was on a few episodes ago. Episode 30 something. Episode 30 something and him and his wife the beautiful beautiful people that they are are supporting us financially now and I really like that. It's heartwarming. It feels really good. Yeah. He uh, signed up for the Patreon while we were sitting at a table next to him. Yeah that was fun. It was awkward. But uh, <laughs> Sam and Shayla Thank you for your undying support. And in return, here's our undying gratitude. Yep. And a shout out. A solid 15 seconds of fame. You're al- welcome. Along with the many other perks <laughs> yeah. you get as part of the Patreon community, including like the getting, private Discord server. Yeah, getting to name our firstborn child. Bonus episodes. That's Definitely tough. still, I have to insist that I keep the naming rights. <laughs> I don't know. They named their to my son progeny. super cool name. It's a good name. So it's I might good, actually a, let them. It's a, it's a powerful name. It is. But I... I all rights reserved. Uh, <laughs> well, TM, TM, TM. You'll, you'll on, have some... You can give us suggestions. How about yeah. that? <laughs> Not about naming our first child, but about <laughs> like specific feedback about the show. You or can vote in polls. and Like whether we should homeschool or public school. Suggest new questions for the icebreaker. Yeah. and right. Side note, I'm not pregnant. Rapid fire. Yeah. Right. Right. Also good to point out. This is this anyway, is this is a riff. We that love we do. you, Sam and Shayla. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. supporting us. You're the best. Bye.
Looking for a fresh twist on a classic concept? Try the Whiskey Bench podcast. Start with a free pour of our complicated and fascinating world. Followed by an ounce or two of intellectual humility. Add a dash of philosophy, politics, or current events. Zest with fresh, spicy opinions. Garnish with shenanigans. Best served neat. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. This is a podcast where we seek to graduate the understanding of our world beyond meme culture. We find that a well-rounded cocktail has a lot in common with good conversation. It's all about balance and complementary flavors. So join us every week as I present you with a new cocktail recipe paired with wide-ranging conversation. Follow us on social media at Whiskey Bench Pod and subscribe to the Whiskey Bench wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, always drink responsibly and cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. So along those lines, the communications degree isn't something you use in your current job. Tell me about your current job. Yeah. So maybe that's not fair. I should say indirectly. I don't. Well, of course. It, yeah. But... <laughs> like communication, yeah. obviously, there's all that like our life is interpersonal. You right. Have, you right. Can't. Absolutely. So. <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I feel what... like I landed on graphic design in uh, such a special time. I, I real I was wrestling with communications and realizing like, I don't know, I wanted to be a college admissions person um mm, the mm. idea of standing at a booth and getting to talk to so many people all day <laughs> about the halls of learning you know <laughs> i was pumped about that but um yeah i just it started not ringing true i was working in the admissions office and like i don't really like as a work study program and sure yeah kind of like i don't know if this is what i see myself doing mm-hmm. but i was working part-time at this little copy print shop called postnet awesome job it was so fun i was a clerk just like ship packages made copies right mm-hmm. but they had a small graphic design team there and that's where i learned picked up a couple things then i randomly got voluntold into the student newspaper and <laughs> i got to be their layout designer and that's why I, I first interacted with adobe products and i was like this is so frustrating <laughs> and so awesome i hate um, it and i love it at the same yeah. time <laughs> oh they're dense in that little office and they're from my forehead yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I started realizing how graphic design was this this impossible utopia that I somehow stumbled across that combined communication with art. Like mm-hmm. essentially oh, yeah. graphic design is art with a purpose here. It's it's not effective if you're not communicating something well. Yes. Yeah. And it requires you to suspend your own taste and styles to some extent mm-hmm. on behalf of the client. It's all graphic design is all about asking good questions. I yes. Think, um, yeah. And understanding Ooh. the relationships as you're working Um, and the end product it's more than what you're just looking at on your screen how is this what's the context how is it fitting in how are you going to be using this and who's your audience like there's so many layers to it that Mm -hmm. i love Uh, the psychology behind colors and typography we were talking Mm. about that last night a little bit yeah so i ended up interning at cta architects and engineers they have a graphic design department that i was so honored to get to intern as just like the little Photoshop monkey sitting in the corner, dragging and dropping architectural pictures, learning how to use the programs, learning. I had a mentor there um, who showed me, oh my goodness, I had this memory. I was working on an ad for a a Benyon orthodontics actually. And 
I'd made it. I thought it was so great. And then I showed it to my supervisor and she's like, okay, it's not quite right. And you need to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And that moment of recognizing she, she's a master. She Mm -hmm. knows she, she cannot just tell like what's wrong. She knows why she's like that level of this isn't right. Right. A lot of people can say that doesn't look good, but to go the next level and say, this is why it doesn't look good and how you can make it better. Mm -hmm. I was I was hooked. I actually still have that Benyon ad just as kind of a reminder of that moment. Inspiration. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was real, especially because it was something I thought was really great. So it's also a suspension of your own opinions wow. on some level. So I thought I was going to work at CTA when I graduated, but the eight to five was like, <sighs> maybe it's the homeschooler in me, but I just couldn't. I'm like, I can get this done way faster. Let me go play. <laughs> so and And this is also weird, but I love working on my stomach, like laying down or... Um, being in my bed I don't I love change Mm -hmm. my house is constantly being rearranged I'm always changing up routines I'm eating something different (laughs) all the time Um, my work environment needs to constantly be changing so the eight to five I was a little I didn't know that about myself at the time but Mm -hmm. I knew my dream was to do freelance but I thought I needed like at least you know five years under my belt to figure that out so that was my plan whoa work at CTA five years and then peace out moving to Denver (laughs) yeah but i was blessed to run into jenna jones um Mm -hmm. two weeks before i graduated at the billings house of prayer on the south side and she said she was a freelance graphic designer and i was like oh my gosh can we get coffee off the leaf sometime (laughs) please do that yeah Yeah. just just to pick her brain just to see what that was like yeah it was a three-hour phone conversation and or sorry in-person coffee shop conversation and yeah i remember coming home after that positively buzzing i walked in the front door of my parents house dropped my bag on the ground and i'm like mom jenna jones wants me to move into her house with her i'm gonna live in their basement and she's gonna show me how to do graphic design and whoa i whoa it changed my life like from that moment so i got to live with the jones family for a year i helped josh and josh jones on the south side he was starting the billings house of prayer and it was awesome just ministry on the south side during the weekends and then jenna was growing her business and just funneled me clients that she that weren't good fits for her or and she just taught me everything from how to answer an email or how to explain pricing structure or here's um some accounting software you're gonna need this and also here's some design info and i would not be where i am right now if it wasn't for her so Mm. i'm so thankful Mm. to be looking back going on seven years now that I've had the privilege of being a, a freelancer and I've got to work with so many different people from literally around the world and clients that I, you just step back in your, you just feel humbled. I, I yeah. love what I get to do and I love the flexibility now as I'm transitioning into figuring out how to be a mom and work and just really thrilled for the flexibility yeah. that that offers as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Okay. This is our favorite part of the podcast where essentially the open-ended question is what are you passionate about and like what do you think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about i'm sure we've touched on a f- quite a few things already just like based on the look on your face yeah we can my tell. cheeks hurt i'm so happy we, we can tell <laughs> but where would you begin to describe your passions oh my goodness my passions the things i care about the things that i sit up a little straighter and my eyes get a little bright when I get to talk about them. Um, which is always, by yeah, the way. Which <laughs> for people like listening. literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passionate about a lot of things. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's one thing that I love about public speaking. I don't have that many opportunities yet to speak, but I do have a dream of just getting to connect with people I don't know about things that I care about so much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I think about things I'd love to speak about, marriage absolutely comes to the top. I, Tim and I have worked really hard. We've married five years now and it's it's been the best five years of my life and mm-hmm. we've learned so much and I feel like there's so much connection with community as we, as you grieve and struggle and stretch and grow with your friends who are mm-hmm. also in marriages and I think that openness is is amazing. So I love I love talking about anything related to marriage. Yeah. But if I had to choose something that I I border I get a little over the top about <laughs> um it's it's actually budgeting. I Oh. I, um, oh. Yeah, I I have a problem. I'm obsessed with it. I well, okay, a little background, I guess. So Tim and I come from very different, shall we say, spending affiliations? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We I I was the I'm terrified to spend any money. And mm. Tim. So Dave Ramsey didn't would say, You're account. the saver. He's the spender. Yes. Yeah. Free yeah. spirit versus. For sure. <laughs> type A. Yeah. I mean, you've mentioned type A already. So yeah. Yeah. I, I like Tim having. In this scenario. <laughs> right. It's interesting to see a lot of relationships like kind of have one or the other. Yeah. Not all of them. There are exceptions. But yeah, when we started dating, Tim didn't have a savings account. And. That's the only thing I had. <laughs> wow. It was wow. kind of, a, but there was also, and so when I say I love budgeting is it's, it's what has brought us together in some really, whenever you find that difference between your spouse, I just get pumped because it's like, here's an opportunity for us to become stronger than we were before. This yes. is, yeah. This is where you explore the space between you. This right? is where you explore the space between you. Oh. And for us, we'd have budget meetings and because we were so different. Well, so let me just say, we look forward to budget meetings so much. They are so fun. Yeah. We, When you know where your money is going and mm-hmm. you're working together towards that goal, it's exhilarating and so <laughs> freeing. And, but it didn't start that way. We've tried so many different systems and apps and ideas yep. and s- lines of thought. and But we try to make it fun. So I remember we got new backpacking gear. And so we it was winter, so we couldn't go backpacking. But we wore our backpacks during the budget meeting just to make it more fun. <laughs> Or Whoa, like we got, okay. Um, so okay. we go somewhere fun. Where's a new environment that we can be while we're talking about money or mm-hmm. what's a, f- a fun treat or a crazy drink that we can share. And it just makes it festive. I, I don't yeah. know. Fun is one of our family values. So we need to do that. <laughs> budget meetings are the bane of my existence. Oh, and and they, they really get a bad rap because, <laughs> well, so I guess two things that Tim and I have figured out over the last years trying to become one in the way we spend our money is yeah so we do like dave ramsey a lot um especially if you're trying to get out of debt i think he has really good principles the debt snowball the debt snowball is pretty tried and true yeah absolutely worked for us yeah you guys are freaking rock stars it's awesome (laughs) dang rocky got us (laughs) yep but one thing we were struggling was like okay so now we're out of debt but like how do we stick to this plan for our money i don't know if you guys have worked with budgets before where you're like you have the budget for Windex and the budget for going out to eat at Wendy's and the budget. Oh. Like they're so specific, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, you know, you have all the best intentions. But oh. what we found is the more complicated they are, the more difficult they are to actually stick to. Yeah. So you're trying to figure out exactly how far out do you draw the line? Like, do you categorize a little looser mm-hmm. so you feel a little more... Like, yeah, so it's not Windex and Wendy's, it's groceries and 
restaurants. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we we pared it down. We had like 15 categories. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves. But still, at the end wow. of the month, we'd sit there and we'd like, well, shoot, we really want to go to Wendy's. But we're, we're Wendy's but let's budget. just take money from our like gas budget. And yeah. it ended up we were just spending money however we wanted to anyways. Yeah. And at the end of the month, we were still over and it was just frustrating and discouraging. And that's where I think budget meetings can be really disheartening. Yeah. So right. we would strap on our backpacks and go somewhere different. And have, <laughs> all, right, all right, well, what are we going to try this month? Yeah. Because this isn't working as a good tool for our family. Mm-hmm. And oh. what we ended up finding, guys, I'm so pumped about it. And I could, <laughs> I, I usually, when I talk to people about this, I have a whiteboard and I draw it all out. But they, I, I will say we found Jordan Page from funcheaperfree.com. Um, she's phenomenal. When I watched her video on budgeting, called him up right away i'm like we have to try this i'm so pumped i'm so excited and her I, so two things that she introduced that were revolutionary was simplification and the weekly budget so mm-hmm. she only has three categories in her entire budget so Whoa. the first one is Whoa. what tim and i have called adulting budget <laughs> so it's anything <laughs> that's, that's, good. that's good it's like it's automatically going to withdraw from your account mm-hmm. or that you have to pay like life insurance or gas or your mortgage or your rent utilities that's your adulting and it's roughly the same amount every single month Mm -hmm. so you just take that out of your uh, and you take that out of the amount that you've made um tim and i try to always spend the money we live off of so right now it's november so we're living off of october's money because we have a variable income yeah where Mm -hmm. it's like i don't I mean, my clients go all over the place and yeah. Tim has a yeah. job with tips and, you know, you so, got you got to think that through when you're freelancing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Sure. So we live off of last month's income and we subtract the adulting from that. But then after that, the magic of the system is that you only have two categories to think through as you're making your decisions on a day to day basis. Right. Any purchase you make is either going to be grocery so something you buy at a grocery store, like including like toilet paper or hair products or things that you run out of. Yeah. Right. And food. Yeah. And then anything else. <laughs> so it's groceries and other. And you only have two buckets to, to filter spending purchases into. So if right. you're eating out or you're getting your hair cut or you really want that throw pillow. Uh, yeah. That new game that came out, that new D&D book. Those are all <laughs> other purchases. Yeah. yeah. And it's so empowering. So I'm like, that's amazing. Immediately, it eliminated a lot of the anxiety and exhaustion around like getting things filtered into the correct bucket right because you don't feel like you're robbing one piggy bank to go yeah right you're not like yeah like you're not robbing our restaurant your, budget your fuel piggy but, bank to yeah. go get wendy's because you really want it yeah exactly yeah. It's it made us realize we didn't need more categories we needed better categories hey babe, hey babe let's let's do this after she i'll she have to talk to you about <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that revolution so okay so think about your grocery budget right mm-hmm. say you have three hundred dollars a month for a grocery budget and you go to Costco and you walk out with two hundred and eighty dollars mm-hmm. worth of groceries for the whole month. And maybe wow. you'll make it through. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. But then you've got twenty dollars. That's kind of like, well, I hope we don't need any emergencies. But inevitably you always do. Yeah. And then you're pulling from other budgets again or yeah. you're overdra- overgoing your budget. Right. And it's just it's hard. 30 days is a lot of time to keep track of. Mm-hmm. So by splitting your budget into two separate categories and then confining those categories per week it's guys it's so awesome it's oh, so empowering oh it, so it's it like runs that week balance one grocery week two grocery yes exactly okay. and okay. so what happens is rather than think oh my gosh i have a whole month to buy for 
Be like, no, I just have the next six days. I just yeah. need to get by on the next this six days. Yeah. And mm. and same thing for other. Mm. And it's oh man, we've been doing this specific system for over just over a year now, and it it's revolutionized right. the way we talk about money, the way we use money, the way we've been able to save for stuff. But I would say the most important thing and why I love talking about budgeting so much is it's empowering and safe to know or to, it's empowering and it feels safe to know where where your money's going and mm-hmm. you know what's yeah. happening yeah. it's yeah. that ambiguous yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we're doing okay but i don't know let's yeah. well let's just go buy it i don't know it, that's but it's also not safe like i always erred on the side of being too conserved and too uptight yeah but i remember the very first week we were trying the system was a christmas party we were going to and Tim wanted to, he had a suit jacket and he wanted a matching pocket square for his suit and, or for his shirt underneath. And in my mind, I'm like, where I remember being Are at the mall, it was yeah. $10 and I'm like, we don't need, a, like, this is, this is a terrible use of $10 this is the only time you're ever <laughs> going to use it. Oh my gosh. But we pulled, we use the every dollar app. Yeah. Um, which is great. I love the drag and drop features on it, Seriously. but I, we pulled it up and Tim's like, look, we have $30 left in our other budget. And tomorrow we get $75 more. Tomorrow like, it rolls over. This mm-hmm. is literally, we are safe. We have all our groceries paid for. All our bills are paid for. This is what this money is for. Yeah. And because I love Tim and I want to see him happy and this right. pocket square would make him happy. <laughs> we bought the pocket square and we, I, I felt so like, oh, this is going to work. Like Ugh. I no longer was stifling Tim by being super uptight or trying to mask disapproval or fear when we were making purchases that mm. but that's what life is about mm. mm-hmm. you, you need that give and take it's not all saving and it's not right. all spending but finding that middle line is really hard and really mm-hmm. emotionally charged so this system has allowed us to be a team in a way that we haven't been before and, right oh I just I love talking about it I think it's important to talk about and I hope that we can as a society continue to break down walls around that stigma of money needs to be a secret. Right. Um, yeah. It's really important oh, yeah. that we, I don't know, just be open and connect and support right. each other. Because mm-hmm. that's awesome. Because what it teaches us is, well, it's like Dave Ramsey says, right? Like you get, you assign the dollar before you have it mm-hmm. so that you know where it's going to go. Yeah. But I like the looser categories so you don't feel so like, dang it, I went $7.25 over restaurants this month. Totally. Like, right? Totally. I really <laughs> like that. I we're highly gonna, recommend watching the video like um, by Jordan Page. I think it's like, I can't remember the title exactly, but it's one of her most watched videos on okay. YouTube. Mm-hmm. And she walks through the system and she's the most dynamic, engaging personality. Uh, nice. So, it, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. It's It was fantastic. Sweet. The other thing I was going to mention about budgeting is like it teaches you how intentionality works in your yeah. life. And I think wherever you begin to learn how powerful intentionality is, whether it be money or for us, it was minimalism, like getting yeah. rid of our stuff and being really intentional about what we kept in the space that was left, you know, wherever you learn that intentionality, I feel like that teaches you so much more about how your life should be. I mean, like there's mm-hmm. the Zen, mm-hmm. the Zen Buddhist saying is how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, especially like in the context of intentionality, like how you budget your money is also how you budget your time mm-hmm. and your attention. Because those are two assets that we spend, but we spend them pretty frivolously if you're not paying attention. Yeah. Right? So good. Like if you're not being careful about it. So uh, I, I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> uh, do you, so outside of 
So these these are what you said were passions, budgeting, <laughs> marriage. Again, I, I guess I'd speaking also to say, intentionality. Yeah. You, so many times in the icebreakers, you were telling us stories about your childhood and the phrase, I invited all my friends over came up and this is very much how Dixie and I have learned to know you <laughs> is you invite your friends over. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I mean, like, obviously it started from a very young age. Like this is just how your personality is. But uh, there's there's something about being in community with Sarah Legacy. That's just there's there's something electric to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't this. That's not even really a question. I just had to point that out as something you're passionate about. You didn't bring it up, but. Man, you you have a way of making everyone feel so welcome mm-hmm. and listened to, and the this is the way you get excited about everything. Yeah, it's so oh. delightful, Stephen. That makes me so happy. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, would you mention anything else under the un- the passions umbrella before we move on to like oh, hobbies? Oh yeah, I I mean, on that note, like creating spaces that vibify that very <laughs> like yeah. sometimes what I'll do before people are coming over. I will go outside and then I'll walk in the door and through the front door. Oh and then gosh. it's like this, oh what are the gosh. first thing they're going to see? What's the first thing they're going to smell? Like, are they going to be hearing music? Like wow. I, wow. I love it. it. It's all in the details. Yeah. Um, even down to like how your home is arranged. Engaging I think diagonals senses. are so um, inviting and yeah. how can you shift things up? Where are you putting plants? Where's the natural light coming through? And it's not necessary. No, not of course, but I really, I, I think that's that's an art form that I just really, really enjoy. It's certainly a lot. art that you've, if it's, not completely perfected, at least uh, almost perfected. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'd say like passions are, I don't know if spaces fall yeah. into that, but absolutely. Like it used to be too when I was stressed while I'm, you know, eating dark chocolate chips. Working on <laughs> I'm chocolate, moving yeah. furniture and, yeah. and just, I love, there's something about the physical nature of changing a space i need change but then i also i want to do it all by myself Mm -hmm. and i want to muscle muscle the space into what i need it and finding creative solutions and will that fall over like if you have a big heavy table with a lamp on it and you're going to try and push it across the room you should probably take it all apart and take the drawers out and put the special movers underneath the reason why this bookshelf is on its side is for that exact reason literally we put it up we put it up and Stephen was like yeah perfect we and he put all the books on it and i was like that is gonna fall over (laughs) we need to tip it over that is not good (laughs) i don't want it to smush my cat that's that's a very good thing not to do dixie (laughs) dixie gets on those tears too where it's like i'll just come home and it's like whoa the living room is completely different (laughs) oh man the times i've asked him like hey can we please put our bedroom in the living room like i just want to try it i just want to see we haven't done that yet wow literally just that was like our date night. Like we would take the bed out of our room and put it in front of the because we don't put yes. a TV in here. We would yes. drag it, yeah. So we would just drag our bed. Oh, you guys, into the living room. <laughs> so fun. And it's then if, awesome. and then so if you're really feeling it, you move the couches and chairs around to make mm-hmm. a blanket floor. <gasps> yeah, with your bed underneath it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait till my kids get older. I'm just so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying now, but can't yeah, wait until so. your kids get older. But also like. Adults should get younger and they should still mm, be yeah, building make blanket forts with your spouse. Absolutely. <sighs> Come on. It's so fun. It's so fun. And right. then you get to make out in the fort. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all adults. We um, know. <laughs> so so what are some hobbies of yours that take or that you give time to? 
Yeah. I don't want to say take time. I love calligraphy. So mm-hmm. that's definitely still a, There's a the side thing, hobby. Right. But I get frustrated with it quickly. I find myself, I don't have the stamina. I used to, like your wrist gets so, right. so exhausted. Yeah. Um, and I also don't take like taking the time to make all the guidelines correctly. So mm. inevitably I have great valiant ambitions and then they just kind of <laughs> fizzle out yeah. <laughs> as I right. work through it. Yeah. <laughs> get one but, word and you're like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if personality types would be considered a hobby, but I love personality tests mm-hmm. too. Like uh, Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or yeah. StrengthsFinder mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of the Berkman assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those, I would say... So Facebook is my favorite, but I have Instagram for the Enneagram accounts that I yeah. follow. Like, yeah. it's fascinating to get uh-huh. to see, just learn more about the people around you. It's all about community and connection. Yep. And right. I think the Enneagram in particular is just really special in that it recognizes we're in boxes and helps you get out of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, more so, I think, than Myers-Briggs. But I would say I, I got really, I had the extreme privilege of getting to take the Berkman assessment, which mm. is different than any other personality test that I've got to take. And I've never, I remember, so you take this assessment, which is interestingly, the questions are all mostly focused on how you view other people. Right. Very, very interesting. Mm. I had no idea where that was going, but submitted the test. And then we, you have to walk through it with a coach. So we were so lucky to get to work with Tim Workentine, who's actually based out of Vancouver. And he walked both Tim and I through um, wow. our Berkman assessments. Whoa. It Whoa. was awesome. You guys, it was a two hour conversation. It blew my mind. And I remember coming downstairs after I'd taken the Berkman and I was like, Tim, you are married to the coolest person ever. I am awesome. I, I felt like I, I just... I fell in love with myself. I, I don't That's know. Awesome. The, the Berkman is specifically geared toward, well, uniquely geared towards helping you pick a career path. Um, mm. I say that that's definitely a, a bent mm. of it, mm. but it can definitely be used as a, as a tool to help you discover what sorts of things stress you out or mm-hmm. rather than say extrovert or introvert, they have this continuum of people versus task. And that's really fascinating. And there wow. are yeah. pages and pages of data where in the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or Strengths-Fingers, you're yeah. just given, like, this is your type or your color or, you know, disc is that way, too. Yeah. But with the Berkman, there's what they say is, you know, let it be complicated. We are complicated human beings, so we can't. There's not going to be a one easy answer to who you are yeah. after yeah. you take this assessment. Right. And that was really exciting, really engaging. I learned some really unique things about myself and it's helped me as a tool of navigating stressful situations or connecting mm-hmm. with Tim and giving me some vernacular mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. C- say, hey, I am responding to this because of these things. And oh, it, right. it was a really cool experience. So I guess I love as far as passions go or hobbies, like I'm I really enjoy nerding out about personality tests and just love seeing people get excited about what makes them special and what makes yeah. them tick and getting to connect with them around mm-hmm. that. Oh, I like the idea best. of the the Berkman one, especially because the questions are geared around how do you view other people? Because I think a really common critique of personality tests that you could levy against something like Myers-Briggs is, oh, so I'm going to tell the test what I'm like so the test can tell me what mm-hmm. I'm like. Yeah. It's like, well. It's like you can... You know, work the answer. Right. Oh yeah, Where to be what you I want. Think, I think Myers Briggs gets a bad rap for that because, like you you mentioned about the enneagram, it's like it helps you unlock the box and let people out. 
I mean, yeah. it's it's quite literally like the way we designed the artwork for this podcast, mm-hmm. like gets you out of the box. Whereas Myers-Briggs can feel if you have the right or the wrong attitude about it. Myers-Briggs feels like it's explicitly putting you back in the box mm, yeah, because yeah. this is what your your one out of 16 personality types. I feel like that's a great differentiation. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I think Myers-Briggs but... can be can have a bad rap for that. I think mm. it is useful. Especially realizing each of the 16 types has subtypes. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, I haven't gotten into all that. The Enneagram too. with subtypes and wings True. and arrows. And yeah. Every one of them is crazy. <laughs> Complicated. <fun>. Psychology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Your sister mentioned on her podcast that she felt like there was time in your guys' relationship and a time in your life that you guys swapped music and drawing with each other. Mm, Like you mm -hmm. grew up very musical and she was doing a lot of drawing when she was little. And now she's like, she's the one on Spotify putting out the music and now you're the graphic designer doing all the Mm -hmm. art. Like, could you, is there like a time you can sense that shift in your memory? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was hard. I don't know. Um, it's interesting how memories work, you know, and you think back on something right? and you remember it one way and someone else remembers it a different way and someone mm-hmm. else remembers it a different yes. way. And right. this, this topic is very much one of those very emotionally laden, confusing, mm. murky memories for me. Mm. Um, as kids, you know, you're growing up, you want to find the thing you're good at. Yeah. You want to, you want to be significant. You want to find your, your place yeah. and mm-hmm. right. that belonging. I think it's a very human desire and the differences in the memories is how that nudging happened right. for us as kids of mm. feeling like yeah. was i pushed towards music i mean yeah or was my sister in more art classes like yes i played more instruments than tracy did but what were we like as children that were we exp- were my parents trying to mine those things and help us encourage us towards these spaces or yeah. did they have a prefix idea of where we should be going and oh. influence that oh, yeah. it was yeah to this day it's still kind of confusing um <laughs> but in answer to your question of feeling that shift yeah yeah i remember oh man it was it started in college when i took that calligraphy class mm-hmm. yeah and i loved it i and not just loved it, but I was good at it. And mm-hmm. to have that outside affirmation um, from your peers, from yeah. people you respect. And then I took a drawing class and I was good at that. And then I took a painting class and I was good at that. And <laughs> I just had to try it and I was good at it. And it was an intoxicating, v- very bad for my pride <laughs> experience. Mm. Um, I actually, I was, it blew me away. But in college, I, you know, they pick departmental awards for the senior class and i won the departmental award in communication studies which was wow i was so humbled for but then i also won that year for art the departmental award and i wasn't even an art major and i felt so so humbled and validated and proud Mm -hmm. that my parents saw me do that and Mm -hmm. um yeah i i felt like i was able to express myself through art in ways that i'd never realized before right Mm -hmm. i say that 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 shift really I owned that. So at that point, it was just still like other people telling me I was good at things. I'm like, I love compliments. Okay, I'll continue doing this. Affirmation feels good. Yes. For real. Right. Yeah. And still part of myself, but most of the affirmation I was doing for. (laughs) And music had pretty much completely dropped off the Mm -hmm. spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, to this day, music is something I enjoy as a background. 
music. Um, well, I teach ULA, which I could get into that too, but mm, um, mm-hmm. music is not a very big part of my life. But art, maybe why I haven't been to a concert before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but art, when I had the opportunity to study in Colorado Springs, my sophomore year of college, I uh, stumbled on collage of all things in my little dorm room sitting with some really heavy emotions as I was processing, Mm -hmm. maybe stepping back from my life in Billings for the first time and realizing Mm -hmm. like it wasn't as perfect as I thought it was. And, or there were, there are things about myself that I hope will change. Um, Confronting those areas that are scary Mm -hmm. to see. And I'm sitting in the middle of my room with all these magazines and then the pieces just started folding themselves out like my brain had checked off and something magic was happening and I was just pulling these images these words and they were building themselves literally in front of me mm-hmm. and I just sat there with tears running down my face looking at a visual piece of art that was what was inside of me at the time and I didn't know art could do that mm-hmm. and wow I yeah. uh that was probably the moment where I felt that shift of like I'm an artist and I wow, wow. I'm okay with being an artist even though I feel like I'm supposed to be a musician <laughs> but I'm uh, I want to be an artist. Yeah. And so proud of my sister too. Everything that she's accomplished and as she's doing. I'm just oh, I'm her biggest fan and she's killing it. And I've seen her do that exact same run through that same personal grieving and celebration. Yeah. There's that moment music. where it dawns mm-hmm. on you, right? Yeah. 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 So like music became her truer expression. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you I for sharing mm-hmm. that. That's Thanks for asking. Yeah. That's very good. Mhm. Uh, I'm conscious of the fact that we're nearing the end of our time. So in the in the interest of winding down here a little bit, I'm curious to ask, do you follow any particular morning or evening routines that have stuck? I know you like change and I know you constantly change stuff. So are there any that stick that you've consistently kept and or what's just like, what's the routine this week? Oh, sure. <laughs> I love that. Gosh, this is maybe a I, I don't know if this is an appropriate answer to your question but i do recognize in self inside myself the constant question of how could i be doing this differently mm. how could i be doing this differently even uh, if it's just subtle even uh, if it's like find that too with my son like putting him down to sleep every night i always change it up just a little bit which yeah. i know routine is is good so yeah, yeah. there's certain things like him going to sleep at the same time we try to shoot for that but right the bedtime routine itself is always shifting and, yeah. and i just i don't really love that um but yeah it, i guess like routines I, I mean i usually always drink coffee in the morning right a very delicious pour over made by your husband a very delicious oh pour my over. gosh but to this week i've loved starting the morning with reading mm-hmm. um i have a book that i'm loving right now so that's been helpful sometimes excellent. i don't have a book and so i'm sure. not reading excellent yeah it's a hard you, question to answer I you don't know. mentioned before tell me about what you was so right before we hit record you told us about your yeah there was a time in my life where i just decided that i was going to notice something new oh yeah tell me about that i'd love to tell you about because that. that's like the opposite of the routine that i thrive under but you yeah. thrive under the exact opposite yeah so, so yeah, tell me man about i was 14 and i was working at a pd golf course as a grounds crew I literally, I was by myself all day and as an extrovert, I don't know. Yeah. It was just really lonely job. And I'm just hours of driving this picker cart back and forth and getting hit by balls and washing balls. And, and I I was just really struggling to get through the day to day grind of this mindless vortex. And I remember 
making kind of a pact with myself that until the end of this job, I was going to try and find one new thing every single day I worked that I'd never done before in my entire life. (laughs) And I let that go from anything real. Like I remember the day I saw someone um, filling up a pop machine for the first time. I'd never seen the inside of a pop machine. (laughs) And I took a minute. I remember I'm crossing this crossing the the greens with this huge heavy crate of washed balls and i see him loading the pop machine and i remember pausing and being like oh, that's for one that's for my thing today i've never seen someone load a pop machine for the first time <laughs> this is a good new day this, there's variety here or i remember there was one time there were swallows that were sweeping around me in semicircles it did scare me quite a bit but it was also the first time <laughs> in my life that I'd, I'd been that close to a, and i loved the um the drama of the first time in your entire life yeah just there was an onus and a weight to it that made it feel special so maybe first time in my life i ate a muffin upside down or (laughs) first time in my life um do you write these first time things like in a list or anything it's literally just in your head just in my head it's it's in that memory palace yeah so that's and that has just been something playful that's helped me just find joy in little moments so Mm -hmm. uh and that's transpired since i was 14 and it, it doesn't happen every day but it's mm-hmm. still a it's a fun well, yeah uh, tim tim and i delight in a lot of little hey, it's the first time in your life <laughs> you did it. it's like it's like <laughs> plugging that that imagination piece of your childhood back in it yeah very like. much so yeah. right yeah yeah age 14 like i'm at this boring job i'm a teenager so everything is lame probably yep <laughs> yep accurate so now i have to find something that's not lame yeah and that's that's what it became yeah, I got really good at driving golf carts and there crazy you go. ways. Yeah, <laughs> really good at parking golf golf carts. <laughs> Mike Mike Birbiglia, we just watched this yesterday. His his latest uh, Netflix special called the new one. It was his, mm. his Broadway show, and he has he has a joke about parents before the baby is born being like, "I just want to see the world through baby's eyes," you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic joke in like in the setup there, but. It's his very last line of the special where he does he does the callback. He gets a laugh, but it also gets the applause because he's finally come to terms with being a the father person, himself. Yeah. And he's like, and for the first time in my life, I'm seeing the world through baby's eyes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and OK, so this my brain is putting these two together. Jesus says in I forget which gospel, but he says, like, unless you become like one of these you won't see the kingdom of heaven. And when he says yeah. one of these, it's like, unless you become like a child and we always hear like, and that's, that's like, that's humility. That's, you know, being, being short in stature, mm-hmm. humble and present with Jesus in the moment and all, all that. I think that also speaks to though, this, like, uh, th- this is the only word I can think of, but like this electric fascination that children have, like when mm-hmm. we held our nephew for the first time, he was three days old and he like, he was opening his eyes and he's just looking around like, what is this? <laughs> this isn't the You know, like he has that in. look in his yeah. face. And quite honestly, Sarah, like you are an adult that has never lost that skill of yeah, just like real. looking at the world Seriously. with fascination. Seeing the world through baby's eyes. And it's infectious. <laughs> it's infectious to everyone that enters your space. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wanted to say that because oh, this is a gift thanks, you Steven. give the world every day. <laughs> So it's really great, but it also kind of makes me panic. Like last night when I was drawing, (laughs) I was like, oh gosh, it's happening. (laughs) Must force my love upon you. Right. 
<laughs> it was Ooh. great. <laughs> oh, I love this. Just pay attention to the the first time in your life things. Like yeah. today was. This is the first time you'll be on a podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. won't it's be the last. Pretty legit hint, hint. first time in my life. Yeah, <laughs> hint, hint. it is. It won't be the last. But oh, so good. Okay, so to wrap us up here, we are curious to ask where you are currently. So let's start with what you're currently reading. Right now, I am reading. Oh my gosh, it's been. It's been one of those reads you have to read out loud to yourself because it's so profound. Reading The Coddling of the American Mind mm-hmm. by uh, Jonathan Haidt. We talked about and, this yesterday. Yeah, yes. And yeah. Um, Greg. What, what's his last name? Greg something. The co-author. Just yeah. Greg and John. That's right. what they refer to. But, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Loving that. I'm also reading The Holdout by Gregory Moore, I think. Mm. That's kind of just like a fluffy book. Yeah. Mystery. And then I just finished a book oh. called Between Georgia. That was awesome. It's actually about a sign language interpreter. Oh, really fun oh, story. Excellent. What are you currently listening to? Let's start with music. So when you pull up Spotify, what typically comes on when Sarah chooses? Yeah, it's a great question. So again, I'm going for vibes. So it depends on who's coming over is oh, what yeah. the music is going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, so I teach Ula. It's a dance fitness class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And most of those songs are top 40s, like just pop music yeah and there's a new song that comes out every week that Mm -hmm. we as instructors have to learn so i'm usually listening to that song over and over again Um, so my spotify playlist i have a let's dance playlist and that's my (laughs) nice class that i'm teaching that week nice i love it i love ula so much and uh yeah so when i'm listening to music it's usually my ula playlist yeah (laughs) or (laughs) i do like some vibey like like ingrid michelson Mm -hmm. or Tracy Anything, Nitschke. Yeah, Tracy Nitschke. Have you heard of her? Oh my gosh. Come on. Yeah. Yes. I lo- and I love um I love Hillsong too. Oh yeah. So, sure. Again, just pick your vibe and mm-hmm. creates the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Right on. What about podcasts? You listen to Planet many? Money. Planet I, Money. Planet Money. I can't even talk about Planet Money enough. Planet Money I, is the famous one in our mm-hmm. group. I adore Planet Money. I I've tried so many others. I I do like this podcast too a lot. It's been <laughs> I, I appreciate well curated podcasts. I like structure to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a big listen to a big rambling conversation so much. Right, uh, podcast. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Long, long form is definitely a different style of podcast. Different style. Sure. Yeah, but Planet Money is fascinating. I love the way I feel when I listen to it. I feel stimulated and inspired, and yeah. Yeah. just I feel like the way that they communicate the facts are in such a story form that I can articulate them after the fact and mm-hmm. so there have been great conversation starters too and yeah i planet money is four years ago i finished the entire backlog of the bad christian podcast and then i posted on facebook hey facebook friends what podcast should i listen to mm-hmm. and sarah was the one who got me on planet money <laughs> yes so i feel very strongly about it i'm <laughs> so glad that you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just mentioned our group. We didn't even talk about the fact that we play D&D together every week. We do. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, that was one of those things where it's like Tim and I ran into each other at the coffee shop. And I was like, hey, you want to be on our podcast? Like, you're fun to talk to. <laughs> so crazy. Having, like, hey, you're crazy. fun to talk to. Having not had <laughs> like real relationship before. Yep. It's just like, I know of Tim. I saw him at a coffee shop. I said, hey. And then invited it's him the over coolest. to our house. Yep. And and now like legacies are our best friends. And mm-hmm. the Fife's are our best friends. Mm-hmm. Sam Fife of also of past no normal people. Yeah. Guest fame. It's very good. D and mean that's that's a whole thing right there. That's that's the imagination part. You also get mm-hmm. to invite all your fam- family and friends over. You mm-hmm. also get like the character sheet is like the little version of your clipboard 
also <laughs> right? like, you I get add? the structure you get the type a like yes you know how to take your turn yeah yeah, Sarah's characters fantastic. are literally the most creative yeah. and beautiful things yeah, yeah, yeah. I've oh, thanks, ever thanks. experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. So, there, so there's the brief <laughs> obligatory D&D. We talk about D&D a lot on this podcast, well, but uh, there's the obligatory thing there. Okay. What are you currently watching? Streaming shows you're in the middle of or movies you just recently watched? Oh my watched? gosh. I just finished The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Oh gosh. It's so good. It Chess has never been so sexy. Awesome. <laughs> it was so exciting. I, right? I loved it. I honestly, I had to watch it like writhing on the floor. I was so pumped. It, it was great. Yeah. I, I loved it. That, of course, my that's mom how you watched watch a TV it. show. <laughs> yeah, my mom yeah. watched <laughs> it and I literally had headphones in. Like I didn't oh. hear a single word. You were just watching but it. I literally was like, this is so interesting because I was yeah. drawing at the time and I would literally just watch the TV while I'm listening to a podcast. And I was like, I know what? what's happening and I can't yeah. even hear what's happening. Well, yeah. like, it's so good. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Ke- Queen's Gambit. Also, This Is Us is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, that's also honestly up there with The Office. It's some mm-hmm. of the nice. best storytelling I've ever nice. experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Good gravy. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for being on oh, our podcast. Such an honor, This Steven. was so special. Thank you, Dixie. Can she be a, a weekly guest? Can she like be on every week? It wouldn't be the first time in my life anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's fair. true. That's fair. <laughs> That's true. I mean. Let's just start a podcast, just the three of us. <laughs> or like six of us or whatever, you know. <laughs> mm. The future The future is knocking on the door. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Good. Thank you so much for being on the show again. This has been wildly special. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. Would you close us out by reading our favorite quote for the podcast? I would love to. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.